Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. The state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at a historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laughing as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stefan Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. And I am back in full force, ready to entertain... Everyone, including you, Annie, Mm because I feel like we have such different perspectives about what we're about to talk about. And I'm just excited (laughs) that we decided to do this. Uh, Yes, we are doing a feminist movie. And this movie is a beloved tale that started off as fan fiction. And I know we've talked about it many a times. Yes, we were talking about the 2008 adaptation of Twilight. (laughs) Yes. So it is, we didn't have time to do our usual book club, our usual feminist movie Friday this month. So we're combining the two, kind of. Kind of. But also, I do have an update on that fan fiction piece that I need to talk about in a minute. Oh, Um, oh, yes. Okay. Okay. Well, I know we've talked about it before. I came in late to the game of Twilight. I think I came in before. No, no, no. All the books had been released uh, Mm -hmm. by the time I had come in. But I think the last one, which is uh, Breaking Dawn, because we know all the titles are something to do with like horizons. Um, (laughs) But like that was still in hardback and I had to buy it in hardback. But I read Twilight and then I got engulfed in it. I was like, oh, and it was so easy to read. So I went in, read it 120,000%. My roommate was making fun of me and her boyfriend, as they should uh, at that time, because I, it was not for my age. I was out of college at this point, a professional living in Atlanta, and this was geared towards college high school students, essentially, a young young adult novel written by an adult that had a lot of repressed feelings. Sure. <laughs> Stephanie Meyer, who uh, I believe is Mormon and had a lot of pent up emotion and was kind of like, but I got to make... Harry Potter sexier, but not too sexy. (laughs) 
Right. Which I guess brings me, I, I okay. Okay. First, let me talk about my, <laughs> my experience. So I want to be very, very clear <laughs> while I might make some fun while we do this. I totally get why this was so popular. I think that when it came out, I just really, I wasn't into romance. And I also was like, but I could just read this fan fiction that I like more. Um, so I never got into it. I did go see the movie in college. And you, I've told you this story. Um, and I, I just watched the movie again. And I laughed very hard again <laughs> at the same part where they're in the class, the bio class, and Bella comes in, and the fan catches her hair, and it blows, and the scent blows towards Edward, I guess. And he's like, oh, and the paper like blows up. And I died laughing in the theater. And these like 14-year-olds behind me I am not kidding. Threatened to take me out to the alley and beat me up. Uh, Wait, how do these 14-year-olds don't even know what an alley is? Like, that's so dated. They were like, we'll go outside right now. Catch and me I, outside? Yes. Did they say this to you? I don't think that was a thing yet, but essentially that was the vibe. And I I, I didn't mean to make fun. And I'm honestly re-watching it. I'm like, I'm not even sure it wasn't supposed to be kind of funny. Because it was very humorous. It right. Like... The entire thing, I think, has become a cult classic into that mm-hmm. it is now funnier than it should have been. My my cringe scene was a sparkle scene. Yeah. And then yeah. the, of course, spider monkey scene, which, by the way, I realized there was like themed where they just called each other monkeys for some weird reason. So he says, hang on tight, spider mm-hmm. monkey, which is, <laughs> which is not a part of the book. And everybody was like, what? Uh-huh. What just happened? And uh-huh. then there's a scene where they put where they played the baseball, and she and he climbs up the tree to get the baseball. Essentially, and Rosalie says, "That's my monkey man." I was like, "What the? F- what?" <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, we're, we're diving too quickly into this. Of course, uh, if you don't know, yeah. I feel like this is because it was again. I was a little older. So Annie would have been your generation, I think, more so than my generation of uh, people who loved it. But don't get me wrong. We were, again, if you lived a life like mine, which was very churchish, conservative, this book was amazing because you could have the things without having the things. And you understood why these things played out as it as it did, because this Mormon girl understood sexuality for repressed sexuality. <laughs> for young girls in the church. Mm. So this was absolutely that. And many of us, because I got my friends into it too, because they saw the movie, which is hilarious because I thought if they saw the movie, they wouldn't want to read the book. Because the movie, even mm-hmm. at that point, was not great to me, but I still loved it. Don't get me wrong. But I, it, it was it would catch on. And I have copies of it here and I cannot find them. So I had to rent it anyway. But before we start, yes, let's 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 talk about the movie. This is written by Stephanie Meyer. Again, fan fiction of Harry Potter, though she doesn't like fan fiction version of her stories, which is interesting in itself. She gives a lot of credit to the music, which uh, my partner was uh, sitting or like was around the living room when I was watching this today, and he was like, "Wait, is that Radiohead?" And I was like. The soundtrack is bomb. Like, for some reason, he's like, (laughs) Radiohead never gets permission. And they gave permission for this movie. And I was like, I'm pretty sure they all thought this was like an indie film. 
and they went with it mm. uh, because the director <laughs> uh, Catherine Hardwick was actually known for a lot of her indie films. Mm-hmm. It has uh, Evan Rachel Wood as her first uh, movie, as well as Nikki Reed, who we see pr- play Rosalie in. Um, Twilight. So it's about these two young girls coming of age and really like their angstiness and and growing up. And it actually was a really good film. I think it's a a great film. And it hit a lot of like the rebellion of trying to grow up too quickly and being cool and what that could look like and how scary it could be and how confusing it could be. It also sexualized uh, Evan Rachel Wood at a very early age. And I believe she was almost she was 13, 14. She was pretty young at that point. So a lot of things. with Catherine Hardwick made herself a name in that kind of alternative indie film with that because it won awards. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe Nikki Reed helped write that screenplay at that young age. Yeah, so Nikki Reed also had some cred in this point. So I really think that a lot mm-hmm. of the musicians were like really honored, kind of like thinking this is going to be an indie film. That's, again, this is my theory only because I'm like, how did she mm-hmm. get Linkin Park? Who don't get me wrong, <laughs> they were kind of kitschy at that point, but still pretty hardcore for a movie like this. Iron and Wine and, <laughs> right. and all these different songs. And you're like, how? And again, Radiohead, they're ridiculously picky about not giving any rights. <laughs> and there they are in Twilight for mm-hmm. teens. Okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like this, I'm, I'm, I'm holding to the fact that yes. This was intended as like an indie look into this movie. This was Catherine Hardwick's uh, big jump into the mainstream. Summit was not a big studio at that point in time. They were making a name for themselves, but they were more indie-ish at that point in time. So kind of the more commercialized A24, let's say, for today, or Blumhouse. But Blumhouse, I guess Blumhouse was more horror, but you you get what I'm saying. They were the smaller yeah. that grew bigger mm-hmm. with with some street cred. <laughs> <laughs> um, so here we got this whole idea and again Catherine Hardwick if you if you've ever seen her in interviews she does look punk she she dresses to the like leans to the side of punk which is also why I think the movie's all in like the green uh real like dark mode again mm. very indie feel and I think this is why you have uh, Kristen Stewart jumping in, who had just come off of her big hit, Into the Wild, which is that movie about the dude who gets lost in Alaska, unfortunately eats the wrong things, passes away. But this is how we got introduced to Kristen Stewart. This kind of got gave her a name, even though she'd been in many, many movies before. She'd been in movies with Jodie Foster. Like, she was a huge child actor that no one really knew. So, but this really pushed her into the, oh, look at her angsty teen uh, And this is why she got cast. She was always intended to play Bella or Isabella Swan, who is our protagonist, who is our pixie manic girl. Um, She would be exactly what we talk about, who is clumsy but cute. Everybody wants her. Everybody likes her. Somehow good at everything but bad at everything. Like all of these things. This is like when I talk about a Mary Sue, this is what what it is. Maybe she's the beginning. No. No, I know what the beginning is. What's the beginning? It's a fan fiction. It's famous. Um, <laughs> but but I do want to I say that, as you know, I'm very, uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with a good Mary Sue. I think there's plenty of things to enjoy about a good Mary Sue. So I think it's worth examining the tropes, but also yeah. like, I get it's fun. Yes. It can be fun. And Bella fun. is that girl. <laughs> she is that girl. Mm-hmm. Can I 
rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. The state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at a historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laughing as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. So we have Kristen Stewart being this and always being this. Later, we find Robert Pattinson, who, yes, who hates this role. I think he started to come back and embrace it, but hates this role now. Um, And the only reason he did it was because of Kristen Stewart. If you listen to his interviews, he always talked about how he was about to quit until he got this role, but their chemistry was too good. And we saw that in real life. And then it just bombed. And then we're like, yeah, Kristen Stewart's gay, obviously. <laughs> and then we, uh, again, meet Nikki Reed, who has always been a good friend with Catherine Hardwick, has always been a part of this uh, as well, with the awful dye job that ru- apparently ruined her hair. Um, and they had to do wigs after that. But it up her hair real good that if you know the behind the behind the scenes uh-huh. uh again we have uh billy burke who plays the father of kristen stewart who is, i think is the only good actor in this entire thing to be <laughs> honest sorry y'all and then we have P- peter facinelli who plays carlisle cullen um yeah, Elizabeth Reeser, Esme Cullen, Ashley Green, we were introduced to her, uh, Cullen Lutz, and Jackson Rathbone. Um, and then there's several other actors that we include. Of course, we also have to talk about Taylor Lautner, who's only in a few scenes, so he's just barely introduced, who is from uh, Native lineage. So I remember that was really important, and I'm glad that they stuck to it. And they stuck to it throughout the entire movies to bring in Native actors into this entire conversation. <laughs> they did switch out the Native actors because the initial ones were not buff enough to be half-naked, so they had to switch them all out. <laughs> uh, and then we are introduced to Anna Kendrick, who, yes, she is one of the 
be didn't she Oscar nominated at this point? She's got she's got awards. Still real bad. Mm-hmm. Still real bad in this. <laughs> I forgot she was in there. <laughs> she's in here. Um, but she's probably one of the better ones. Uh, Justin Chone, which y'all may not know who he is, but I know who he is because he's a Korean actor that I was like, what? Was very glad to see uh, as part of the cast. Uh, and he is a big writer and does a lot of great movies, especially about Korean culture in the U.S. Just, uh, you know, to put that in there. But yeah, so we have a lot of interesting things, new people coming into play. Uh, Yes. And if you're wondering, the book, they try to closely stay with the book. So the writer, uh, the screenplay writer, Melissa Rosenberg, which we have talked about her before, she talks about how she wanted to, you know, be as close to the book as possible, taking some of the lines. And I think this is where we see how when it's translated to real life, it doesn't go well. It's better when you don't say it out loud in your head because you can imagine and you can kind of just graze over it. But then Mm -hmm. when they actually say the lines out loud, Mm -hmm. they're like, oh, that's bad. (laughs) Again, the idea of a sparkly man seems interesting until you see it on screen. You're like, this did not turn out well. And again, I say that this is a person that that was a fan and that still has these books. I shamefully hide them because I'm like, oh, God. Uh, but I did love them. So and if I remember correctly, I believe our producer, uh-huh. super producer Christina, also loved them, who is younger than the both of us. <laughs> and yeah, it's, I think it's making a replay. Like it's coming back. Mm. Kids are coming back and discovering it and loving it. Mm-hmm. So... If you're a fan, you do you. Enjoy every bit of it. Don't listen to me being cringing at it. Uh, I enjoyed it for what it was. It entertained me for many a times. Love me some Robert Pattinson. Oh, yeah. Annie, are you Team Jacob or Team Edward? Oh. um. (laughs) (laughs) That's an important question. Well, okay, so... I, I am making notes of what we need to talk about at the end for themes. One of the <laughs> ones is uh, we did talk about this in shipping, our shipping episode. This was a big moment in shipping. I did not read the books. I saw the first movie. So I feel that oh. I was just like... Oh. So I should have made you watch all of the movies. No! <laughs> Oh, it's what you're saying. Oh, it's coming back now. Now that I've discovered this. I do have a note about the later movies, though, because the baby is infamous. The baby. Okay, well, the name alone was a tragedy. And I feel bad for any author because we've talked about having names as writers and it's difficult. Yeah. Honestly. But the name she picked out was so bad that we were all like, (laughs) I don't think anyone, no fan, was on her side for this. Mm. Well, I don't know what it is. Renesmee. Renesmee. Her name, because Bella wanted to combine the name of her two parents, the two mothers. Oh, okay. And so Renesmee was the name. Instead of giving her like a middle name and a first name uh-huh. of sorts. Mm. And then, spoiler alert, this is over like, what, 20 years old almost? <laughs> um, they call her Essie. Okay. And she gets very angry about this because Essie is the name of the Loch Ness Monster. Oh, okay. (laughs) 
there you go. Anyway, all right. So let's just go ahead and go into the plot real quick. We we have Edward Collins played by Robert Pattinson, who is the uh, the man, the main lead. Now I'm thinking thinking Korean level. So sorry if I put it this way, but. This is the classic triangle trope. So we have the main lead, who would be Robert Pattinson. The second lead, who would be Taylor Lautner's character, Jacob, uh, who is uh, a Native American that lives on the reservation, quote-unquote. And um, they are mortal enemies of the Cullens. Mm -hmm. So we get introduced to Bella, who is leaving Arizona and goes to live with her father because her mother and her stepfather are now traveling since her stepfather is a baseball player. Um, And this does closely go to the book. And she goes to Forks, Oregon, which exists, and you can visit, and they they love their tourists. So you can go and hang out with them if you want. They, oh, by the way, I was trying to search this, search a way to watch this without paying for it. And instead of finding the actual movies, I su- found like side uh, movies, I guess, or documentaries. And one of them was a whole fan quest. It's what it called. It was Twilight dot dot fan quest. And it just, you just went with people to go do the tour with them. <laughs> like this is how big, like there's so many, so much love for this, uh, for this movie. And I think it still exists, to be honest. So. We have uh, her going to Oregon. She hates the rain. She hates the cold. But, you know, Oregon is rainy and cold. Oh, no. Uh, She comes in, doesn't have much of a relationship with her father. He is very awkward. She is very shy and awkward. So this is a whole buildup. He's a sheriff of the town, of course. Uh, She goes to the school. She meets this bunch of kids who all the boys are fighting over her now. Um, But then her eyes are caught by the Cullens, who are the who is this mysterious family that got adopted by Dr. Cullen, uh, as we talked about, Carlisle, um, and Esme, his wife. And they are all very pale and beautiful, but they're all with each other except for Edward. Edward does not have a partner. Um, we have a kooky one who is uh, Alice and very like fl- they call her, um, I guess, the, not the flighty one, but like the like a, a essentially like a fairy the way they describe her she's like a pixie fairy like oh happy with a pixie cut even yes <laughs> uh we have jasper who is the brooding one that's her partner and he just looks angry all the time which it looks he just looks constipated these the descriptions <laughs> is, is amazing because they actually say the descriptions out loud of them mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> and the way that don't get me wrong i'm so sorry actors i know they're phenomenal and it's a hard job but <laughs> still <laughs> laughter okay uh and then again we have rosalie and her love emmett uh they're just the beautiful couple in general um and then we find edward who just smirks all the time and according to uh, anna kendrick's character does is too good for everyone and he just smirks ha 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 that's the end they are in their corner and of course bella is quickly smitten by Edward, and he is com- completely confused. We get an introduction to him when she walks into the classroom and stands in front of a fan, and he looks like he's going to throw up. <laughs> As she goes and sits next to him, and then he runs away, and we find out he's trying to exchange classes, and, and she's so upset. And by the, again, I know Kristen Stewart's a great actress. I've seen her on some amazing things. She's been nominated for many awards. It's so bad. <laughs> The 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 overhyped lip biting when she gets her feelings hurt. I was like, wow. And then the <laughs> when she gets frustrated or excited, yeah. Mm-hmm. This is what makes me go. I don't understand. What is that? anyway? And we'll move on. 
Later, uh, we go back to her coming to the school. Oh no, this dude's car goes out of, uh, it gets slips on the ice, it's coming after her all of a sudden. Edward appears and pushes the car away from her so she doesn't get crushed. And she's like, what the hell? He was across from the parking lot. How did he get over here so quick? So many mysteries unfold. And soon she discovers that he is a vampire. She goes down the uh, route of Googling things. <laughs> about mm-hmm. vampires. I don't think mm-hmm. it ever says vampire until she starts Googling. Like, you never really see that. And then she confronts him in the woods where she's supposed to be really clumsy and tripping everywhere. And he's, like, throwing trees. Yep. And jumping from place to place. Um, and then he's trying to get angry. And then he shows her her his skin color. And his skin is sparkly. And turns out vampires sparkle in the sun and that's why they love forks because it's always cloudy and they don't have to hide as much unless they go quote-unquote camping because you know if it's sunny they can't be at school so like that's when all the whole family goes camping is what they say (laughs) Uh, during all this time we find out that rosalie is very unhappy because if he ruins everything and kills her they'll have to run away and hide again until the next generation of people come back because they come back every few years we find or every several like decades or centuries uh, to replay, pretend like they're still young kids because they never age, obviously. But he tells her the whole story about being saved. Uh, At nineteen in 1918, Carlisle saves him and then Esme and everybody else, and they become one big happy family. She goes to visit the family. There's a whole joke about uh, the hats. Yeah, And in the book, it's something else. There is a joke, but it's not the hats. And I can't remember what it is. It's not graduation hats. I want to say this might be diplomas that they have. If any of you listeners remember, tell me. Because I, I just remember that one <laughs> distinct detail. It's like, that's not what it was. Like, But they try mm-hmm. to keep it. We also know that Robert Pattinson in real life is very musically inclined. So he actually wrote a piano piece to play Bella. Uh, and it's like a theme throughout. I think it's called Bella's Theme or something like that. Um, and then they're all very cute. The family's excited to meet her, except for Rosalie. And it's, except for Jasper, because it turns out ja- Jasper hasn't been a vampire for as long as everybody else and still wants to eat her because she smells so delicious. And that's the whole thing about him looking like he's going to vomit is she smells so good compared to nothing he's ever smelled that he's tempted to kill her all the time to eat her all the time Um, and then in the book they actually uh, have a conversation with Emmett and Edward about he's like just give in it's okay like I've done it once and yeah I felt bad but it's it's hard man so go for it essentially trying to get him to kill Bella (laughs) and telling his own stories about how he did that and I was like what the Okay, but yes, so (laughs) he is always tempted to eat her because she smells amazing. And so everybody's just waiting for that to happen. Half of them are trying to tell him to turn her so he can be with her forever. And half of them are like, no, we got to just leave her alone. She's going to ruin our lives. And all of these vampires have special abilities, whether it's strength or like making people calm and for Edward it's reading minds except he can't read her mind oh no <laughs> of course because she's that one different girl um, mm-hmm. and for Alice she can read the future oftentimes, and she knows that eventually Bella is going to be a part of the family so she's very happy excited for her to be a part of the family so delightful moving on they decide to be together we have a whole baseball game happening with the loud thunder again one of the funniest scenes I think I've ever seen in my life <laughs> As well as the fact that we get introduced to the uh, villains 
of the of the crew that three vampires have been coming in eating people left and right and making people missing and then there's one dude that's a tracker quote unquote so he loves hunting for fun and the harder uh the prey the better for him and because he catches bella's scent he's like oh and then because all of the vampires are proud to protect her he's like this is the ultimate game so Bella is now in danger, which is what Edward was afraid of. And Edward doesn't want to change her humanity. And he doesn't want to take away from her because he thinks he's a monster. All these things. And he's old-fashioned, so he's got to protect her. Because, you know, of course, he's got to protect her. <laughs> She's a weak human woman. Um, <laughs> then we go on this whole goose chase about her trying to run away. They go back to Phoenix, which is where she's originally from. She gets tricked into thinking, oh, no, my mother's in danger. Oldest trick in the book. Uh, goes and tries to rescue her at a ballet center. And at this ballet center, we have the ultimate showdown between this tracker and everybody. She almost dies. She doesn't. Edward almost eats her. He doesn't. He ends up saving the day. They have this really hilarious ripping of the, uh, the, the, the villain scene. They rip him apart and burn him. And I noticed in this scene, you see Alice just dancing <laughs> at the fi- bonfire <laughs> for no reason. I'm like, I'm s- what's happening? <laughs> hey. <laughs> you do you, Alice. You do you. And then she goes to the hospital where she wakes up and they made up the story about how clumsy she was and she fell out the window. Normal. Completely normal. <laughs> And everybody's so excited that she's awake and she decides she just wants to stay at Forks. She doesn't want to go with her parents, her mother to Jacksonville. And then cut to prom, uh, where she didn't want to go because she's so clumsy and she's so, like, hates public and dancing and all that stuff. But anyway, he takes her in a foot cast, very cute, uh, sees everybody. Everybody else is paired off. The school friends have all paired off, and everybody is very happy. The final dance scene is where they go to a gazebo where these two couples are dancing to no music because he's not played the new song yet. <laughs> but they're dancing happily next to Bella and Edward uh, to Iron and Wine, Flightless Bird, the worst. I, ca- I can't imagine it being, the like, at what prom? <laughs> At what prom? <laughs> but anyway, so that's what we see them. And she's trying to convince him that he eventually she wants to return and be with him forever at the age of 17. That's all I know. We know Alice has seen it. Do it. And then that's how it kind of ends. And oh, yeah, in between all this, Jacob does pop up and does tell a little bit of a story saying, oh, there's a thing between us and the Cullens. They're not allowed on the reservation. Um, and then he doesn't know what's going on, but doesn't believe in any of the legends. He comes to the prom to warn Bella and say, break up with him. <laughs> cool. Um, and uh-huh. yeah, and that, that's the backstory. And then cut to radio heads. <laughs> Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. 
So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. The state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at a historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laughing as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly boring since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. And then what, two more books? And three more. It's a, it's three more movies, I know. No, it's, it's five movies. So it is Twilight, New Moon, Eclipse, and Breaking Dawns, part one and two. So they split the last one much like every mm. other mm-hmm. anything uh, finale. So they broke it up into two pieces. <sighs> <laughs> Stephanie Myers does make some... Uh, like cameos. She's actually in the diner scene, who is the writer. She's in the diner scene where we see Charlie and Bella eating and, and, and the waitress being like, it's been so long. You're so beautiful. You're so grown up. That whole scene, Stephanie Myers is at the counter eating. Mm-hmm. Stephanie Myers was very hands-on for this, as well as like the soundtrack. It, it's her soundtrack. So what she said was that these all the songs, most of the songs that you hear are from artists that she was listening to the entire time she was writing these books. And BT Dubs, I've talked about this before, she did write, and I think she just, she released a few years ago, the uh, perspective from uh, Edward. Mm-hmm. And I had gotten my hands on that copy a long, 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 long <laughs> time ago. I'm sure I have it around uh-huh. here somewhere. And I don't actually really like that perspective better. <laughs> By the way, I think I forgot to add, he likes to stalk her and would just stand in the bedroom and watch her. Oh, yeah. That's a theme I have to talk yeah, about. Yeah, yes. so we, we have uh. all that. So there's a lot of themes. But I think one thing I do, even though I'm joking and laughing throughout because it, to me it's so cringe today and that because I know the caliber of actors that are in there, that it's just like, wow, wow, that most of those actors really hate <laughs> I think looking back out of this film, but it was, it was, it is very entertaining. It is a huge, it was a huge hit. It is a huge hit. Uh, they definitely got a lot of prestige and awards. A lot of actors really got a lot of opportunities because of this movie. So no, like real talk. If you love this, if you like this, if you're discovering this again, there's no shame. There's millions of people that are with you and loved, love, love this book, loved everything about uh, these characters. I think a few of the characters were disappointing, but like people love Robert Pattinson being Edward. People loved uh, Taylor Lautner being Jacob. Like it is a cult favorite. Bella will always be Kristen Stewart, like all these things. So there's no shame. Like the love for this the fandom for this specific genre and specific book is legit. So, 
even though like I'm making jokes, I was a fan. Like I have to admit, like I, I think it's kind of outgrown now, and now it's coming back for some of the younger generations once again. But it it is. So we're not trying to like make it seem like it's not legitimate. We're not trying to say any of that because I think it's interesting to the level of like love this can have and and, and the way that it grew that no one knew that it would grow to this level. Yeah, and I think that. It speaks to how often, which is a point I like to make all the time, we feel very comfortable making fun of what uh, women and girls like. Like, oh, this is really silly and it's not worth it. But it does speak to a bunch of people. It is hugely, hugely popular. And I think it doesn't have to be the best thing ever to be enjoyable right. and to be fun. Like, right. I don't think that means... We do that all the time for movies that are led by men. I think, like, if it doesn't have to be that. It can be fun and something you just like, and it doesn't have to be the best thing. <laughs> right. And I, honestly, like, for that time, I was nannying uh, very, like... I didn't do anything. I just nannied and hung out with people sometimes. This, I didn't have a relationship. I wasn't dating people. I was still trying to discover myself, honestly. And this type of entertainment was exciting. It was something exciting and waiting for the next one and trying to get to the next one. And and in the fandom, and I, I know you understand this, waiting and guessing about who it could be. So before I, I did get to the books before it got to be movies, I had whole pictures of who was who um, and who was going to be what and how it's going to be done. I think I even read out loud Bella's parts to see if I could pull off the line. I could not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. I could not. I wanted to be the the protagonist as well, the leading lady, but I did not. Mm-hmm. Am I that clumsy? Yes. Do people find that endearing? No. <laughs> Let's be very honest. Um, am I cutesy and sweet and awkward? No. I'm awkward. <laughs> all of those things um but yeah i think like that's definitely something we need to talk about but like yeah one of the themes to this of course is that the fantasy the fantasy of it all whether it's vampires and again we haven't introduced werewolves to this uh she makes sure to bounce it out the stories behind each each of the vampires are different and they don't get released till later either so jasper ends up being a confederate soldier which is kind of like oh Okay. But, you know, that's how we get introduced to him. Um, Oh, that's his backstory. Emmett ends up being, I think he was a hunter who got killed by a bear. If Uh, I remember correctly, uh Rosalie, her, her, I was like, why did y'all have to do this to her? Like, she ended up being murdered and raped by her fiance. Like, it's pretty horrific. I was like, what? And she comes back with a vengeance and kills all of them. But like, Mm. It's like, damn, and I don't know Alice's story. Alice, you don't actually know her backstory. You just know she discovers and finds Jasper. Mm. So I don't know much of Alice's story. She's just very, like, different. And then we find uh, Carlisle's story was he is a part of a big coven that's very powerful in the va- vampire world, but he wanted peace, so he left that. Um, and Esme was dying, I think, from childbirth? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can't quite remember, and he discovered her. So he's always been a doctor because he's tried to give back for taking away from humanity by healing humanity. That That's his whole thing. So you have all these stories, and then later we find all these other vampires coming through, and there's some famous, famous people in, in this list of uh, vampires. Remy Malek, 
who got his big, like, he was starred in the show called Mr. Robot, which was like a huge show for a while. And then he was in the uh, uh, Queen movie. Like, he's won Oscars now. Like, he was in there for a second. Uh, and then we have Michael Sheen, who everybody loves, in there for a second. Like, you have some big names that came out of nowhere. Like, what is happening? <laughs> How did these people get to be? Like, it just got bigger and bigger and bigger. Bryce Dallas Howard is in it. And uh, originally she said no. So she was a recast because she was such a bigger name that they wanted her originally. She said she turned it down, realized how big it was, came back to it. So we have her coming back into it as well. Um, we have, I believe it's Dakota Fanning uh, as as well, who plays one of the characters. So like, you have some bigger names that come into onto this. They're like, yes, is this going to be the new Harry Potter? And for his franchise, it was huge. But again, I think it, because it because people were sexist, I'm like, this is only for women. That's why it mm-hmm. didn't get the same acclaim as Harry Potter necessarily. Is it as good writing? I would defer and say no, because it's not necessarily <laughs> as inventive. But uh, again, all these things, it got all the different awards from like the very like MTV awards and all these things. So in this level of fantasy, it really did bring in a lot of new people, a lot of interest, and a lot of more love for vampires again. You know, that's kind of cyclical. Sometimes it's witches, sometimes it's werewolves, and now, and this brought back vampires. Yes, and I remember it brought about a bunch of like, why are women attracted to vampires now? What's going on? (laughs) (laughs) We talked about this before about horror, like you have people... A lot of people have one specific thing that they love the most. And for me, it was vampires, too. I'm like, I don't know why. I don't know if it was like an interview with a vampire or um, Lost Boys. I watched that as a kid and loved That's probably one of my favorite horror movies and probably one of the, I think, one of the best made uh, vampire movies ever to date. But I've always loved vampires. Yeah, it's interesting. Because, <laughs> like, I remembered when this came out, and, uh, like, when you get kind of the parodies that came out later, like What We Do in the Shadows, and they were making fun of, like, the the glitter and the, the, the glitter, the shiny skin, the creepy paper. But one of my biggest things about vampires has always been the age difference. Oh, yeah. I don't care if you're yeah. 17 yeah. when you're bitten. You're 100 years older than her. <laughs> That's so weird. But it gets weirder later on when we have the whole imprinting thing. That they place on the yes. werewolves, and then the, yes. like several of them are have imprinted on toddlers and newborns, and yep. they're all like supposed to be in their late teens or early twenties, and you're like, what the, f- what the, f- what? <laughs> and like, there's mm-hmm. like we there's this level of like I feel like this could be an underlying <laughs> pedophilic ideal. Like I don't know, I don't know what you're doing. Or if that's purposeful, because all of these people are being matched at such a young age. And then, like, eventually, like, when the minute they turn legal, we're married. And you're like, what the <laughs> hell? Yeah. Yeah, and it's one of those weird, like, when you, like, stretch it out over hundreds of years. Like, sure, if you're 200 and he's 400, what do I know? <laughs> but, like, when you're getting bitten, <laughs> if you're 17. <laughs> what do I know? <laughs> 
That's an age difference right. I can't comprehend. And again, not to be too realistic, but like I didn't know who I was at 17. I, I think mm-hmm. I started liking myself at late 30s. So mm-hmm. what? Would you want this <laughs> as a choice? There's so much to this. But yes, there the themes are there. Obviously, we have the theme of eternity. We have the themes for love. We have the theme for uh, hating yourself, self-hate. And then also, again, like this whole protection is there. Mm-hmm. Like so many interesting themes, so many inter- interesting tropes. Again, we don't have the, the triangle yet. That comes in New Moon when we find out the backstory of the reservation of the of the native uh, peoples of the first peoples, and then but we have the protective father who is over the top, like the character for him. Of course, uh, the person who played this character again, I'm like probably one of the best actors in this entire thing, Billy Burke. Uh, he does a phenomenal job in making it funny. Like he is kind of the foil without being a foil. Mm, here mm-hmm. and the mom's supposed to be much like her flighty forgetful and clumsy mm-hmm. which is <laughs> i guess a thing right right but for sure uh th- there is the stalking that came yes. up in our stalking episode this is a big like watching her sleep there's also kind of the and i haven't read this so you can correct me but from what i understand there's like a suicidality that comes in yes or she's like, if I can't be with him, then this is... So that comes in later. But it's mm-hmm. not necessarily because she wants to die. It's because those moments of excitement, he comes to her as like a consciousness. Mm-hmm. And so she wants that so badly, she's willing to risk her life. Because she's so mm-hmm. sad. Like this is in book two, because he leaves her. Right. But he tries to, he wants to die. Because he hates, he hates himself for being a monster. Mm-hmm. Which brings me to my next point. Uh, yes, there's this whole idea of like, he keeps saying things like, you make me want you so bad, I can't resist you. And, like, I'm a monster. Which I feel is very much our kind of like, kind of rape culture mm-hmm. and like, I can't resist you. You're the one making me do this. It's true. <laughs> I will give you one thing though. He resists. He is able to resist. So if he can do it. Yeah. Why can't men? (laughs) (laughs) Right. And like I said, I've read this. Like, this is like, this is so big in fan All of this is so big in fan fiction. Um, So I'm not judging. I just think it's good to be like. Yeah, well, "Mm -hmm." when you look at the reality of it, for sure, you're like, this is not cute. Like, none none of this is cute. Like, again, the stalking, the protecting, the almost dying all the time, the sneaking in the bedroom without permission. Like, it's. There's there's so much. There's so much. And then mm-hmm. the lying to the parents and then running away. And then like you're like, wait, again, she's only 17? <laughs> yeah. You forget how old they are because you're reading from her perspective. And right. so therefore you place your own age into that. And I think when I was reading it, I was 26, mm-hmm. maybe. I'm trying to remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> there's so much to this. And yes, and then we get into the, like, when we go back to the, the rest of the book and the, the back and forth where she doesn't get to choose. It's a fight between the dudes and she doesn't get a, a say hardly at oh, all. Yeah. Um, the way of jealousy, so much physical touch, all these things. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. 
With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. The state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at a historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laughing as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly boring since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group Incorporated. PNC Bank National Association, member FDIC. So I wanted to bring back the final point about the baby. I haven't seen this, obviously, but I do know about this because I love watching YouTube videos about, like, the top 10 scariest things. This regularly comes up on the top 10 scariest movie props was the baby in that movie. <laughs> and there are like quotes from the actors like, I, I couldn't look it in the eye. <laughs> and that poor girl who is supposed to be like him and stuff, who is a super beautiful girl, which is why they picked her. Like she's supposed to be super pretty, all these things. <laughs> they used her image. <laughs> for oh. this doll and it's so bad because what they do is pretty much overlay her actual face onto a bad doll prop <laughs> mm-hmm. oh no <laughs> and it's not good it's not good oh it's so not good I, like you really get excited for when she turns the age that she's supposed to be Mm. Because it, that it's so creepy, and they're all like so enamored by her. And I'm like, mm-hmm. don't touch that baby. <laughs> <laughs> and that by the way, she's you. literally eating her inside. Oh. Like in the way it describes it is, there's a scene where Bella, who is still human at this point, gets impregnated by Edward after they're married. Of course, y'all, they get married. She's oh, on her honeymoon sure. at 18, right after they graduate. Um, mm-hmm. she gets pregnant, which is supposed to be uh, impossible because she is a succubus at this point. But whatever. <laughs> okay. uh, and because also he's dead and has no bodily fluids, but yet she gets pregnant. It would be like freezing. And, they said his hands are so cold. It makes sense. Okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, they they create this baby, and in this she, like she's getting 
you can tell she's getting worn and like she's getting haggard and it is eating away at her interior. There's a point where she gets some blood because that's the only thing that's actually really satisfying her and making her feel kind of healthy. So they give her like bagged blood. She has it in a cup. She drops the cup. The baby lunges inside of the stomach for this blood and like breaks every bone in her body and is like almost coming out of the uterine sac. Like the way it describes it. And then it's almost eating at the uterine sac is what it's saying. And and she does die, essentially. And that's why she gets turned, because at the point of death is when Edward tries to, like, bring her back to life, because there's no way. Mm. So the whole thing back and forth is everybody hates this baby except for Bella and Rosalie, who's wanted a baby her entire life. But because she died before she could... All she wanted to be was a mother. This is a big trip, too. Um, But died before Mm. she could, so she feels bitter towards Bella now because she's giving up her humanity and ability to have children which is again mm-hmm. what but uh in in this the they are the only two who are willing to allow this baby to thrive while everybody else is trying to say abort it which i'm like if it's that strong can you <laughs> and by the way this is a very like pro-life stance on this on this movie oh okay. on this show yeah like, you might which again, she's Mormon, so I think like it makes sense. It never says it, but mm-hmm. and then they never really. She never really, if I remember correctly. Again, I read it during a time where I was still very conservative, so maybe mm-hmm. she never really says anything about abortion as being bad. But mm-hmm. like, it definitely looks at the. But other people want this baby. That whole adoption right. thing type of thing, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. it's kind of like, and for the sake of. In, in the sake of like yes sacrifice the mother mm. so it's, it's interesting like you could we could talk about that level like too <laughs> but that's that big trope of like trying to be a mother and like what what are you, what are you willing to risk to be a mother you know it wasn't important to bella until she had the baby she could feel it she could feel it at like week one by the way uh. <laughs> week one because the baby like grows so quickly because she is a vampire Half vampire. Oh, she's half vampire. Oh my gosh. Okay, I guess that's sure how it works. <laughs> you do it, but yes, there are so many things. Uh-huh. Oh, so yeah. entertaining. Yeah. I do want to now make you watch all four or five of the movies. Oh dear. I mean, we could. <laughs> um, I do. I do want to come. I've been meaning to talk about this specific trope um, of the the relationship in this. Between, because I feel like that is everywhere. Like I was even thinking of True Blood when I was watching mm-hmm. this, because you sort of have like your old vampire, then you're like kind of innocent. Yes, um, she's a virgin. Person. All of them are virgins, right? So I kind of want to come back and talk to, about that. But I also I wanted to I I have my fan fiction update, so I wanted to go back and find the fan fiction that this is based okay. on. But it turns out there's a conspiracy theory, Ooh. so. The author says it came to her in a dream. Yes, I've heard that. Uh, And a lot of people were like, but I've read this fan fiction. And so there was this big theory, like, because if you're like me, you download the fan fiction, then you have it. And so a lot of times when people publish books based off their fan fiction, they delete it. Uh, But she's always said, like, it came to me in a dream. And people have always been like, but it's this fan fiction. And not only that, there's there was a theory that it was a My Chemical Romance fan fiction. 
But she said, like, that influenced it, but was not what it was. And then there was a theory that it was a Buffy the Vampire fan fiction, which it definitely wasn't. But then there was a really funny theory that Harry Potter was a Twilight fan fiction, which is impossible. But... <laughs> no. So I went on this whole thing. I guess the I think a lot of people do confuse Mortal Bones. Immortal Bones? That is definitely a Harry Potter fan fiction. Oh. I feel that I have read this fan fiction, but also fan fiction can be very tropey, so it's possible that it was just a fan fiction that was very similar. She will she has not said. Right. But also this led me to a whole other thing where I found books that you don't know are based on fan fiction. And a lot of them are Star Wars, I was surprised. But a lot of them are Twilight. So not just Fifty Shades of Grey, but there's a bunch of Twilight fan fiction books. Of this list of 10, I think it's four. So Anyone that we would outside of uh, Fifty Shades? Probably some people would. I think they're outside of... I don't really read a lot of romance. Uh, Gabriel's Inferno... Saint-Pierre, Saint-Pierre. Which I love Supernatural rips on Twilight. <laughs> they do. Twihard. Live free or Twihard. Uh, <laughs> Between the Gavin well, Rosdell episode and then that one, like, the, it's the literal, like, bringing in young girls episode. Yeah. Where uh, yep. Jensen turns into a vampire. Yes. Dean, Live I mean. free or Twihard. That's yes, the that's, one. Yep. There's two. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. So, it's, I mean, it, it is interesting. Um, oh, no, wait. Gavin Rosdell was a Criminal Minds episode. I'm so sorry. Wow. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> that was a moment. But, yeah, I just think that that's, you know, I can't prove either way. Yeah. But I do think it's, going back to what you said and and uh, what I, I say all the time, I think that the fact that that shouldn't be looked down upon either way. Fan fiction was great. Um, and this is, even though it was more coded towards women, uh, it shouldn't be like, <laughs> that's useless. Right. So that's not something we should talk about. It clearly resonated. It spawned all of this other work. Right. As well as the fact that she made money. So joke's on us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, I went home this weekend and my mom was like, she heard some bees on NPR and was like, you know, you can make money off your fan fiction. I was like, yeah. <laughs> and she's like, are you going to try to make money off your fan fiction? And I laughed out loud for so Aww. long. I was like, no. That's cute. Your mom's trying to help you. <laughs> no. <laughs> Just to make some money. But thank you. <laughs> <laughs> for the, I guess the assumption that I could. That's amazing. But yeah, this was fun. I'm sure you'll probably rope me into watching. But, oh no, I'm de- I'm determined. Oh, we're gonna watch all of them. See this this baby and you have to see the baby. Life. You have to see the romance scene. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, I'm getting anxious. Just I will about say it. they had the best twist of uh fight of like one of the fight scenes that I think I've seen on TikTok recently. People were like, oh wow. Okay, wow. That was actually genius. Okay. Well, well, <laughs> we'll be back. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, but in the meantime, <laughs> we would love to hear about 
Your thoughts on this, listeners? Uh, I know people have thoughts. Yes. Uh, you can email us at Stephanie and MomStuff at iHeartMedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at MomStuffPodcast or on Instagram and TikTok at Stuff I'll Never Told You. We have a tea Public store. You can find it. We also have a book that you can get at StuffYouShouldReadBooks.com. Thanks, as always, to our super producer, Christina, our executive producer, Maya, and our contributor, Joey. Thank you. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff I Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly boring since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. The state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at a historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laughing as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.